Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Besides helping us to make shows like this possible, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts like Tep and Step, access to all 61 years of the magazine in our digital archives, recruiting analysis, and must-see insight from the Dave Campbell's Texas Football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, we hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe that's texasfootball.com slash subscribe and thanks for listening the texas football today podcast is brought to you by chocolate milk built by nature you can watch texas football today live weekdays at noon at texasfootball.com and on facebook and if you like the show subscribe to the podcast vendor of your choice give us a positive rating and tell a friend From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it's Texas Football Today, a show that cannot change clothes. My name's Greg <laughs> Tupper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live on texasfootball.com, I shouldn't say live. That's a, that's a lie. Liar. We're not, we're, not, we're not live. This is taped. <laughs> well, the, the show itself the show, is we are, live. We are speaking to each other in real time. time. <laughs> but you are hearing this tomorrow. Uh, whether you're <laughs> watching us on texasfootball.com, <laughs> Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch, or listen to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show i'm sitting here sitting over there at the helm today making us sound good she is the duchess of the dorks she's presently in el paso she's ashley pickle i've had a lot of greg tupper in my ears today <laughs> it has been yeah exactly. <laughs> today is thursday september 9th 2021 77 days till thanksgiving happy birthday to yang yang uh episode 1237 yang sure. yang is a chinese actor i don't know if you know this and, and he ranked fifth on the four 2017 forbes china celebrity 100 oh so, good for you yeah yeah episode 1237 on today's show guys we got the butt groove guide where we are going to tell you how to spend your weekend. Um, then we're going to answer a few burning questions of col- on college football week two. It's week th- I, I week always get this two wrong. of college football. Because here's the problem. Well, and and I'm, I'm happy it goes this way, that it goes one week in high school, then the next week in college starts, then the next, next week, week in pro starts. Yep. Right? But as far as. But like, that's a lot of numbers. Yes, keeping it. To, and, and as you know, <laughs> we're a numbers podcast. We are. Um, but we will. We, two of the college football season ishmael johnson will stop by to help us answer some burning questions we'll round it all out with the picks my high school football predictions for week three of the texas high school football season numbers do you want me to ask you to do first four through the door and just make up some names uh yeah rob hadaway Aaron yang 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 and uh chandra lancaster congratulations for, to you guys <laughs> welcome in fellas and lady fellas Pickle, it's time to tell you how to spend your weekend. It's time for what we uh, affectionately refer to as the butt groove guide. The butt groove guide. If this is your first ever butt groove guide, welcome. <laughs> uh, we uh, tell you how to spend your weekend. We are. We want you to spend as much time on the couch for the next three days, and really four days, because there's college, and five days, because there's 
Sunday night football. Thursday Sunday, through Monday. Thursday through Every Monday. Every ex- day except for Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, and we don't start matching quite yet. So yeah. you can spend your whole next few days on the couch. Your wife work, will love it. Working on your butt groove, <laughs> and we want to tell you what to watch. We operate under the assumption that you have three screens at your availability at maximum, which means you've got TV, computer, and phone. So you can watch three things at once. If you've got more than that, good for you. Subscribe. Um, So Thursday, um, obviously, you probably want to watch the Cowboys, right? Yeah. Tonight, you want to watch the Cowboys. So I'm gonna I'm gonna concede one of the thing, one of the screens to the Cowboys. Yeah. I'm gonna cede one of the because it's the NFL. It's opening night. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Cowboys are seven and a half point dogs. I like the Bucks, especially since Zach Martin's out. Anyway, um, I would go Bucks plus seven and a half. But on your other two screens. 6.30, 6.30, I want you to watch Lamar Consolidated in Side Park. Side Park, of course, put on a huge display uh, last week. Uh, they are obviously very impressive. If you have not seen them, I want mm-hmm. you to watch them and get some eyes on, on what they're able to do. But also, Lamar Consolidated's better. Remember, Lamar Consolidated pulled off a big upset win in, the, in, the, in week one. They're better. So keep an eye on them. That's on Texan Live. The other one, and of course, it'll be Chase Snyder on the call there. And then in the nightcap, 7 o'clock, I guess, 7 o'clock is the nightcap there. Um couple of places you could go, but I want you to watch Tomball Memorial in spring. Mm-hmm. Tomball Memorial in spring. Uh, I think that Tomball Memorial uh, is a team that has, uh, they're one and one. They lost last week to, I just watched the highlights of this. Um, they lost last week and I don't remember to whom. But spring is, of course, one of my darlings this year. Uh, and one of my very favorite players, one of my favorite players in the state is Bishop Davenport, the quarterback there at he Spring. He rules. Uh, he rules. So make sure you watch uh, Bishop Davenport. Tomball lost to uh, Tomball Beaumont. Memorial. Yeah, Tomball yeah, Beaumont Memorial. Westbrook, right. Beaumont Westbrook. Yes. Uh, so they're looking for to bounce back against a very good Spring team. Uh, this game is going on. This is on Texan Live, of course, uh, over there at Planet Ford Stadium. Trevor Bullard will be on the call for Texan Live. Friday! Pickle. Dateline. A Friday. Uh, six o'clock, if you are so inclined, we got a game kicking off Brazoswood and, si- and uh, Cinco Ranch. Mm-hmm. If you want to see Cinco Ranch, who is off to uh, a 2-0 start, I believe. Let me make sure I get that right. Yeah, they're off to a 2-0 start. It's a matchup of 2-0, but Brazoswood is 2-0, actually, as well. Uh, Cinco Ranch is a favorite in this one. Cinco Ranch, there's major implications for how they do, depending which depends on where Katie goes mm-hmm. in, in the Division 1 or Division 2 bracket. So if you want to get some eyes on Cinco Ranch, you can do that. 7 o'clock is when things get fun. Yep. 7 o'clock, I want you to watch Katie and Dickinson. I don't think there's really any doubt about watching that game. I think that one's the, that one's the one. And the other one is Galena Park, North Shore, and Spring Westfield. Watch both of those games. Uh, both of them should be bangers. Both of them very, are very important. Stay tuned to the end of this show to watch me preview Spring Westfield and uh, Lane Park North Shore. <laughs> if you have, if you have cycled off of Brazoswood and Cinco Ranch, which is fair, mm-hmm. the third game that you can do. So here's the thing: for se- at seven o'clock, also New Caney and New Caney Porter, which is a big time rivalry down there. Um, that one is is fun. And if you want to check that game out, you can. But at 7.30, Lake Travis and Rockwall kicks off. Yep. And you probably need to get on that. It's a banging week in, on seven on, on, on Texan Live, rather. Uh, Port Arthur Memorial Crosby, I think, is interesting. Gets some eyes on Jamar Sanders, their, their quarterback. Uh, Silsby Nederland, I think, is a lot of fun. I'm real interested in... Uh, and, of course, I'm supposed to tell you to watch Valley Sports Southwest to watch uh, six hours of live. We have 23 games coverage. on 23. Friday alone. <laughs> anyway, so you've got you got your pick of the litter, but if I were to, to sum it up, 
Start at 6 o'clock with Braswood and Cinco Ranch. Mm-hmm. Battle of 2-0 and o teams. If and when that game gets bad, cycle off of it, and then you have three screens available to you, I would say Katie Dickinson, North Shore Westfield, and then New Caney and Porter. Mm-hmm. Whichever of those games gets bad, cycle off and turn on Lake Travis and Rockwall. And if mm-hmm. you have an extra screen available to you, I would watch... Uh, yeah, maybe Lane Passes Nederland. Or I'm sorry, Lane Passes Wimberley. Although I think Silsby Nederland's going to be fun too. Yeah. So you got a lot of options there. And then, of course, UTEP and Boise State if you're into that kind of thing. Saturday Pickle. Dateline. We're going to kick it off at 2 o'clock. George Ranch and Pearland Dawson is a 2 o'clock kick um, from the nest uh, on Texan Live. Mm-hmm. I want you to watch that because, by the way, there's no college football until 2.30. At 2.30... So here's it's great because you got three screens. Mm-hmm. Two third, two o'clock. You got George Ranch and Dawson on um, on Texan Live. Two thirty on. Let me pull up lsufootball.net. Um, I had it up. lsufootball.net/slash/tvschedule.htm. Um, Texas A&M plays in Denver and Colorado uh, on Fox, Big Fox. Mm-hmm. Uh, so keep an eye on that one. That's a two thirty, and then also TCU. Uh, is playing at, let me go back, what, what, what network are they on? They are on uh, ESPNU. So ESPNU, you can go three wide. TCU, Cal, uh, I would probably put that on the small screen. I don't know, that game has a chance to be fun. I, think I don't know. That You're, might have more. Make your, make, your, make your pick based on how you are wired. Yeah. Uh, we got a pretty good call, high school football game in George Ranch and Paraland Dawson on Texan Live. And then you've got uh, TCU playing Cal, and you've got A&M against Colorado. Hopefully you Both can put which... A&M on the small screen because they're right. just beating the tar out of Colorado. That's what you Hopefully. hope. <laughs> Hopefully. But both those games do have hairiness potential, mm-hmm. slight hairiness potential. So just keep an eye. Be, <laughs> be, uh, be a little bit uh, nimble. Is what yes. I'll Six, oh, so, so then, 5 o'clock, uh, I believe on ESPNU, uh, Lamar UTSA is on ESPN3, rather. Um, ESP, that's on ESPN3. And then what I want you to do, legit, is I want you to watch uh, at 5.30. A weird kickoff time. Yeah. Uh, but I want you to get a CBS Sports Network. 5.30, it's the Bayou Bucket. It's mm-hmm. Houston, and it's Rice. Keep an eye on that one. I would, I would honestly... Just, like, dedicate a screen to it. Because I think it has a chance to be fun this yeah. year. Keep an eye on that one. It may not be, and if it is, it, then it, then if it stinks, then it stinks. Six o'clock rolls around, and you've got your, your pick of the litter. Six on Texan, Here's what I'm going to do. Is on Texan Live, I'm gonna give you, only going to give you one game. I think we got six games, but I'm only mm-hmm. going to send you to Klein Collins and Kitty Tompkins. I want you to watch that game. Keep an eye on that one, although you could do Cypher looking to bounce back against Katie Taylor, who's mm-hmm. certainly capable. But 6 o'clock, you've got a loaded slate of college football games. You've got five games kicking off. The two best games in this one are Texas at Arkansas and North Texas at, at, North Texas at SMU. Cool. You also have Stephen F. Austin at Texas Tech, which has legit hairiness potential. Yeah. That's got legit uh, lemon booty potential out there in, uh, in on the South Plains. And we know but, that uh, oh, Colby Carthel oh, yeah. <laughs> would lose so, his mind. So here's what I would do. Here's what I would do. On the big screen, you're probably going to do Texas and Arkansas. I believe that's an ESPN joint. Um, let me make, uh, that's on ESPN, big, big ESPN. Put that on the big screen. On your second screen, I want you to watch... I want you to watch North Texas and SMU. Yes. Watch North Texas and SMU there. That could get away from them. It could get away from North Texas. And if it does, um, then I want you to to cycle off it. But that's on ESPN+. Mm -hmm. Get out your wallet. 
And then on the third screen, Houston and us or Houston and Rice, depending on how that goes. And then also cycling back and forth between that and Klein Collins and Katie Tompkins mm-hmm. on Texan Live. That's your butt groove guide. Sunday, sit down and watch college or NFL and worry about your fantasy team. Yep. Um, and yeah, that's your butt groove guide for week three. So Be much fun. football. A lot of football. <laughs> a lot of football. You're going to overdose on football. We've got to work on that butt groove. Get that butt groove. Get and that we, butt group right. We mentioned uh, watching the Football Friday show on Bally Sports. Yeah. Correct. You're supposed, to, you're supposed to watch six hours of live high school football coverage on Bally Sports Southwest. Thanks for our friends there. And thanks for, you know, being our friends. We love you. We're text- we have to thank people for being our friends. We really do. <laughs> I have to thank my wife for marrying me. It's like, thanks, <laughs> thanks dear. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. That's our subscription package, two magazines, and a year's worth of exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com. If you become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider, it's texasfootball.com slash subscribe. Pickle. Dave Campbell's Texas Football has partnered with the North Texas Honda, with North Texas Honda dealers to honor community helpers from across North Texas. Texas is fortunate to have so many great individuals that give back in their community in so many different ways. Thanks to the support of the helpful North Texas Honda dealers, we have the opportunity to shine a light on a few very deserving individuals. Uh, we are going to be out at a couple of games this week. If you want to go check out our friends at Honda uh, on, let's see, I just had it up here. Oh, my gosh, where'd it go? Why did you refresh? You shouldn't have done that. Uh, on Friday, Friday night, we will be out at the, oh, my gosh, why is it done? Uh, uh, we'll be at the Hazley Eaton versus Hebert game out there at Hawk Stadium in beautiful Carrollton, Texas, honoring a couple of of outstanding uh, community helpers. Ulysses Wright from Hebron High School is the community helper there we're going to be honoring. Thank you for being helpful in your community, and thank you to the North Texas Honda dealers for helping us honor, uh, shine a light on a few very deserving individuals as part of our helpful North Texas Honda dealers community helpers program. Week two of the college football season is here. Ishmael Johnson is also here. And these are burning questions. Insert intro here. We got to work on I that. I keep expecting something. If you want, if you want to create an <laughs> intro for burning questions, tweet it to Pickle at Ashley underscore Pickle 12. I'm here um, for outsourcing this work. That's exactly right. Um, so we've got another set of questions here for week two. Mm-hmm. We're going to answer them. I think we learned a little bit in week one of the college football season. Let's learn a little bit more. What's our first question, Pickle? Up first, we have Houston at Rice, 5.30 on Saturday. What chance do you give Rice to win its first Bayou bucket since 2010? Um, I give them probably their best chance in a while. Um, the line right now, last I saw, was Houston by eight. Yeah. That's within striking distance. And I think that, judging based on what we saw in week one, if those trends were to continue in the same path, there's a possibility that they intersect and Rice comes out with a win. I think they're certainly still underdogs, but mm. I, think they got a, I think they got a better shot than they've had the past few years. I, I agree with that part. I feel this is a trap game in terms of what we're kind of expecting. Mm. I would not... Be, in the end, this is still a Houston team with Houston recruiting te- recruited talent, mm-hmm. and I still think there's still a gulf between what that is and what Rice is doing. I think the... the uh, 
Rice is a better coach team, and I think they're a better developed teams in, term, in terms of what the coach, what Mike Bloomgren wants to do. But in the end, I still think there's a gulf between what Houston's, what Houston is, and what Rice is. I wouldn't uh, the eight, the eight line is really small, and that would that does entice people. But I would not be surprised if this is a game where like Houston wins 35 to 10. I would like to certainly see Rice establish a quarter, figure out. I think Luke McCaffrey should be the guy. I yeah, think he yeah. looked the most consistent. And then for Clayton Toon, he's just gotta clean it up. Like yeah. he's just gotta quit throwing into traffic because there were a couple throws he made against Tech that were just. Ugly, 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 and and furthermore, look, that offensive line's got to get a push too for, for mm-hmm. Houston. There's a lot of problems. They got to run the ball a lot better. Yeah, but but yeah. certainly, um, Rice is a team that they should theoretically be able to get right against. Sure. So we'll certainly see. What's next, Pickle? Up next, let's go. They've recruited talent. They've always the, the past couple of years. The funny thing about North Texas is, despite how they finished the past couple of years, their recruiting has been fine. Mm-hmm. They've been one of the top teams in the, in the in Conference USA in terms of recruiting, and these are the guys that are starting to come in. So you would expect the upgrade in talent to to not get blown out by SMU, which again is on the cards. So I don't I don't think anything barring a loss, SMU's clean, blowout, close win, whatever. North Texas, if they get blown out, I think it says something about what they're trying to do there. Let me play devil's advocate here for a moment. I don't disagree okay. with what you're saying, but I'm mm-hmm. going to play devil's advocate. These two programs are fundamentally competing in the same area. Sure. They are fundamentally looking to grab the best talent in the DFW Metroplex. SMU has been pretty much outright in saying, we want to recruit the best here in DFW. We want them to come to SMU. Mm-hmm. I think for SMU to continue what has been a relative stranglehold mm-hmm. over North Texas, they don't lose a lot ton of commits to, to, to North Texas. Sure. They need to come out here and win this game, and they need to prove that. Look, the difference is clear. Mm-hmm. I think that this. I think this is one of those things where they need to come out and prove. We are the team of Dallas. We are mm-hmm. the team of DFW area. You know, so to speak. With all due respect to, to TCU, which is a different situation. Mm-hmm. Um, come out here and, and establish that. That to me makes it maybe more important for SMU, but. I think it's it's certainly a little bit back. It could go either way. I think you make some really good points that mm-hmm. for for North Texas, as far as like the long term trajectory or the short term trajectory of the program, I think it's more important for North Texas. Maybe on the bigger scale, it may be more important for SMU. Yeah, I think that SMU's kind of proven to be that team mm-hmm. in Dallas right now, and you know there may be something to be about losing ground, mm-hmm. but I don't think that if you know if SMU wins thirty one to twenty eight, mm-hmm. I don't think many recruits that SMU that were thinking about going to SMU would necessarily say, oh, I'm going to go to North Texas now, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, um, again, barring a loss, if, yeah. if, if, UT, if UNT upsets North Texas, uh, SMU, then okay, then yeah. maybe there's something there. But I think in terms of the different amount of uh, uh, possibilities, yeah. I think North Texas has more to lose. I What's, can say too, real fast, that this game for both teams depends, like, the level that fans show up for the rest of the season has mm-hmm. a lot to do with this game for both of these teams. That's, That's a good point, too. Good point. What's next, Pickle? Up next, we will go with uh, number 15, Texas, taking on Wu Pig Suey in Arkansas. And I don't know if y'all know this, but uh, they don't really like each other. So <laughs> how worried should Texas fans be about the Longhorns going into a hostile environment? <laughs> I'm going to say kind of worried. Mm. I'm going to say kind of worried because last week against Louisiana, I think we both agree, a very good showing for Texas. 100%. Like almost no notes. Very mm. good. But that was also the friendly confines. You sure. had a big crowd at your back, a lot of momentum and stuff like that. A lot of a lot of a lot of feeling good coming out mm-hmm. of that. They're going to walk into a place where everyone in that building, except for the small silver sliver of burnt orange in right. one of the end zones, uh, hates their guts. Mm-hmm. And for a young team 
maybe going on the road is is a different experience, especially a young quarterback, a young receiver core, uh, um, you know, uh, in some some respects, like a, a young linebacker core, things mm-hmm. like that. Maybe those impact. I say kind of worried. That said, Texas is a better team. Yeah. They should be able to take care of business here. Uh, I think there's, I mean, there's something to be said about that. I think that Arkansas presents a unique challenge in terms of atmosphere that like even places like Oklahoma really aren't like Mm -hmm. because I've been to Arkansas and it's a very interesting stadium design Mm -hmm. it it goes down yeah right it's kind of like you you walk into like this this valley almost and all of a sudden you're surrounded by you know woo pig suey and I think that the reason why I hesitate to say hostile or uh, that they'll struggle with that is I mean I think they're a week out from seeing rice hang with for about three quarters true right and so I think Texas has to worry about that in terms of like, oh, we saw Rice handle these guys, mm. you know? I think that might be more of the mental hurdle as opposed to the actual hostile environment that uh, Arkansas could pose. And again, it's gonna be a great environment, Southwest Conference throwback, all that. But um, I, I'd be more worried about players watching that Rice film and be like, oh man, that defense held this offense in mm. check for a good amount of time before Arkansas finally pulled away. That's fair. What's next, Pickle? Up next, how about those two and oh UTEP Miners taking on Boise State 8:30 p.m. on Friday? Have expectations changed for UTEP after uh, you know their their little undefeated season they've got going on right now? No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they should have won them. They're you know yeah. they're against two uh, I mean FCS and then basically an FCS program yeah. in New Mexico State. Um, they should have won them, and you know Bethune Cookman was a little testy for a little bit, but they ended up putting them away. They're going to be two and one after this week complain against Boise State um I, and if they lose this game if they lose that game I don't think things change either like I don't two and one after this three game potentially two and one after this three game stretch is about what I expected here's here's what I would say as far as my expectations of ch- changing I think the expectation is now you shouldn't go there and get your pants pulled down by Boise State fair I think you should hang yeah. you know what I mean I'm not Boise State at least for the first half right Boise State's <laughs> gonna win this game sure. like I don't think that's really like it, it would be a pretty massive upset if mm. UTEP were to go there and then expectations would certainly change yeah. if they walk into Boise and come away with a win but I think they should hang and I think if you this is one of those games where in past UTEP teams mm-hmm. might lose this game 66 to 3 right right that's a good point yeah. I want this game to be competitive I want this game to be close and I want UTEP to prove that like the gap between them and other quality FBS programs mm. is not this gulf anymore. Right. It's it's closing. You yeah. know, lose this game 45. I mean, I had to say, but like 45-28, I'd be like, hey, thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, overall, Go get paid. pretty darn good. <laughs> right. So I would look at this and, and look more towards that as the as the new expectation is don't get absolutely destroyed sure. by quality FBS teams sure. at Boise State. Although, one of these teams is 2-0, and I believe the other team is winless. So, oh, I don't know. <laughs> How about them Miners? <laughs> What's next, Pickle? Let's go talking about uh, battle down in San Antonio. Lamar at UTSA, and this is such a Greg Tepper question. <laughs> Sincere McCormick, over under 149 and a half rushing yards. The only question in this one, and we love our friends down there at Lamar, but the only question is, does Sincere McCormick play enough to get there? Right. Right. That's, that's the whole question. <laughs> mm-hmm. UTSA is going to win this game. This should be a huge party mm-hmm. in the Alamo Dome because it's the home opener. They're coming off that big win over Illinois last week. Yeah. Uh, they're going to be 2-0. The only question is, how quickly do they like run out ahead and then pull their most important player? Right. Um, I'm going to take the over, because last week I took the under on, on Tanner Mordecai, and I looked mm. real dumb. Uh, I'm going to take the over. I'm going to say he gets over 150 yards. I'm going to go over as well. I don't... Th- see, here's... I, I think the difference is, I don't think he... I think he gets only 
20-ish carries, but I think that's enough. Yeah. And I think they're, last week against Illinois, they really uh, uh, kind of balanced him out with Brendan Brady a little bit, uh, and Brady looked like he was able to, to really hold his own. He had a big touchdown uh, there late. I think that they're going to want to air it out a little bit more. I think mm -hmm. this is a game to get uh, Frank Harris's arm going a little mm -hmm. bit more um, because the, last week – he kind of showed again. Zakari Franklin went off, and that was kind of that kind of solved that issue. But he is still very much that one read and go quarterback. Mm -hmm. That read's not there. Okay, what happens a little bit? And so giving a little bit more confidence, him a little bit more confidence in the passing game, I think wouldn't hurt. So Lamar by twenty is what we're saying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. What's next, pickle? We got a little fun belt, but fun belt versus Conference USA action uh -huh. as Texas State takes on FIU. What is Texas State's biggest concern heading forward? Um, defer. I, I think it's the <laughs> I think it's Brady McBride. I think it's just what what Brady mm. McBride you're going to get because I'm not concerned about the run game. I mean, um, the run game went up against Baylor and Baylor's again one of the best defenses uh, in the Big 12. I'd not I wouldn't be concerned if they struggle against FIU then I am concerned, but I think overall I don't know if Brady McBride won himself won his critics over last game either. And again, Baylor's a different animal, but you would want to see. I think you saw some of that, some of that mistakes, some of those uh, that that gunslinger mentality, that kind of double-edged sword that you saw with him last year, which is he's trying to make something happen, double coverage throw, pick right. Mm -hmm. The first pass, I think, was first or second pass interception, pick six right, and. I'd want I'd be more concerned if he comes out and shows something similar, right? If he comes out against FIU and throws two picks, throws three picks. Okay, then we're starting to really get to the territory where, okay, is this just who he is? And do you have to reconcile with he might be the best option at quarterback, but he also might be very spontaneous and combustible in terms of like the rhythm of the offense. So let me let me see if you try this on for size. Yeah. Right now, Brady McBride is not a liability to the offense. But he's arguably not an asset either. He's no, kind I, of a I, so, neutral. So, I, I think I think he I think I think he is an asset. Mm -hmm. I think somebody like a Tyler Vitt is kind of a neutral. Okay. And but I think the ceiling with Brady McBride is higher. But also he gives you that whenever anytime you have a gunslinger quarterback, there's always the possibility that he throws three picks. Yeah. He throws two picks. He he gets a little loose in the ball. Loose in the ball. He fumbles. Right. Again, last year he fixed that towards the end against Baylor. And again, it might be the competition. It might not, which is why this is a good test. Mm -hmm. If it shows similar, if he shows similar attributes or similar traits, then I'm worried. Okay. Yeah. I get that. What's next, Pickle? Up next, SFA taking on Texas Tech 6 p.m. on Saturday. And the question here is, is this a letdown game for those Red Raiders? I think it could be if they're not careful. Because mm -hmm. uh, Stephen F. Austin is certainly good enough to come in there and cause them a lot of problems. Mm -hmm. um, you know, coming off of a big win last week over Tarleton, offense didn't quite get going in the way that they thought it would, but the defense was certainly up to snuff. Um, they're certainly good enough to come in, and, and if it's an unfocused, sloppy tech team, they can absolutely give them a lot of trouble. Um, so, yeah, I think that especially after, a, 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 I think, a big emotional win, a comeback win mm -hmm. last week over Houston, uh, they have to go, certainly have to guard against that. Yeah, I think the one thing that's interesting about SFA is that, you know, every, every, every coach that goes into these type of games is like, oh, yeah, of course we tell our guys to win. I genuinely think Colby Carthel is actually telling these guys they can win yes. like, <laughs> because of what we know about him. Um, but, I mean, you know, they played UTSA last year. They played UTEP last year. They, I think they lost by 10 and 14. Like, it wasn't like big margins at all. Um, I think that, you know, of course, Tech has the more talented team, but I think the SFA, we've seen this in recruiting, they're recruiting guys that are good enough to be at the group of five level mm -hmm. in FBS. And so 
I think they're going to be motivated. And I think this is a letdown chance to where, you know, if we're looking at the end of the first quarter, it's 13-7, right, mm-hmm. Tech, and or even, or even SFA. You know, I think once we get third, fourth quarter, it'll be, you know, they'll distance themselves. But, I mean, SFA is a team that could get punched in the mouth and come right back or be the ones to punch you in the mm-hmm. mouth. So um, I think this will be an interesting test for Tech just to see, you mentioned, after an emotional win coming against a team that you're heavily favored against, you should put to bed pretty easily. You know, but that team is also going to be have a lot of passion behind what they're doing. So, what's next, Pickle? Up next, let's go with Cal taking on those Horn Frogs in TCU, 2:30 p.m. on Ooh. a Saturday. Question is, who will get the most carries for TCU on Saturday? They spread it around a lot. Yeah, they do. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think, boy, I think they had like nine or ten guys carry the ball, and that like didn't include Max Duggan. Right. Like, they were spreading it around. Now, part of it was it was Decane, and they can do that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, let's be honest. Zach Evans, I think they want to be the bell cow. I think they want him to be the guy. And so here's your first real test, a power five team coming to Fort Worth. I think they're going to ride Zach Evans. And I think this is going to be an opportunity for him to uh, to really establish himself as as the number one running back. I think so too. Um, I think that once you get into... I think that Cal didn't look very good against, uh, I think they played Nevada last week. Um, They didn't look very good against Nevada. And last year, I think they kind of took a a minor step back. They only played like three games, uh, really, so it's really hard to tell. But I think that this is a Power 5 team, and I think that TCU is going to, they're the better team, they're the more talented team. But I wouldn't be surprised if this is the team that, you know, gives them a little bit of a pushback, right? You come Mm -hmm. off a win against Duquesne, you really can't tell what you are as a team. And because of that, I think that they do want to establish their premier guy Mm -hmm. eventually. I wouldn't be surprised to see like a 20... 10 10 division of carries because it's something like that um i think zach evans is that guy um i think that the one i'm i think for the offense so i i would be i'm more excited to see what they do with max duggan in that passing game finally Mm -hmm. but of course the gary patterson team they're going to run the ball they want to establish the run they want to get that as much of a feature as the passing game um so i'm going to go with zach evans as well Uh, i i think that you know last week i came away really impressed with tcu sure Uh, i thought that they played exceptionally well against a team that they should play exceptionally well against um, we'll find out a lot more this week, though, yeah. certainly against Cal. What's next, Pickle? Up next, Texas Southern at Baylor, 6 p.m. on Saturday. On a scale of 1 to 10, give me a numeric value on how worried you are about the Baylor offense. Um, if they struggle, not much. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, I, they ran the ball really well mm-hmm. against, uh, against Texas A last week. Tristan Ebner and uh, Abram Smith, I think, combined mm-hmm. for about over 200, uh, just under 250 yards about. Um, they ran the ball really well. I would be concerned. This is the game to me to really get Gary Bahannon going. Yes. Because he, this is a game where he should be able to have enough time to throw, move around a lot, get some of that, uh, get some of that wide zone passing concepts going. Um, last week he looked okay, right? But it's again, it, Texas State was a pretty solid defense uh, in in the the back seven, and they were finding other ways to win the game, so they didn't really need to. They shouldn't really need to pass, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is a game, a glorified scrimmage game for them in terms of let's roll, let's throw some concepts out there, really get him going, um, and then put the game away late with the running game. Right now I'm at a six. Mm-hmm. I, I'm above average worried about the Baylor offense. Last week I was I was not impressed, plain mm-hmm. and simple. Uh, you know they ran the ball relatively effectively, but Gary Bohannon I thought did not look particularly great in that game. Um, 
they can certainly, certainly if they come out there and they, they prove against an, an inferior opponent, let's mm-hmm. be honest, Texas Southern hasn't won a game on the field since 2018, I think. Um, they should come out and, and dominate, and I want to see this offense flex its muscles. Yeah. I reserve the right to dial that thing down to a two or a one mm-hmm. if they really come out. Now, you know, you don't want to go crazy because it is, it's an FCS program, and with all due respect to our Tiger friends, a bad one. Yeah. But, um, you know, I want to see this offense get on track sure. and, and show more signs of life and show that they're not just going to be relying on, you know, what they, a lot of what they were last year, which was a lot of three yards in a cloud of dust and, yeah. and, and trying to out-muscle people when you can't really do that in the Big 12 anymore. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with, I'll go the four heading into this okay. game. If things struggle, and then it goes yeah. up to about a 7-8. So, yeah. What's next, Pickle? Up next, we've got number five, Texas A&M at Colorado, 2.30 p.m. on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And kind of the same question here, is this a trap game for Texas A&M? Uh, maybe. I think so. And in, in many respects, kind of the same reasons about what we were talking about with Texas. Mm-hmm. They are better than the team they're playing on Saturday. I don't think there's really any doubt. If you haven't paid a ton of attention to Colorado lately, um, this is not the Colorado that like contended for Big 12 championships or something. They've taken mm-hmm. a severe step back as far as talent is concerned. Anum's the better team in this one. I think they're like 17-point favorites in this one. Mm-hmm. They should win this game going away. A lot of young pieces, mm-hmm. a, a hostile atmosphere, and, I mean, let's let's say it, it's the altitude. Like, yeah. you're getting up there in Boulder. <laughs> like, it's it, maybe things get hairy. And so go out there, take care of business, punch them in the mouth. This is the kind of team we talk, you, uh, uh, Mike Craven made a great point on, on Republic of Football mm-hmm. about how Houston punched Texas Tech in the mouth and thought Tech was just going to fold. Yeah. Tech came right back. Yeah. Colorado feels like if you punch them in the mouth, they actually will fold. Mm-hmm. And you can run away to like a 41-17 win and feel really good about it. Yeah. One of the things that I wanted to see from AM this year is because they've separated themselves from let's say like the, um, uh, the, the, I'm trying to think of like the South Carolinas, right? Yes. The, the middling SEC programs. They firmly set themselves. Tennessee. It, right, exactly, schools, right, yeah. exactly. But they're not in that Georgia, Bama yet, yeah. right? This is, the, the next step for them is to get into that mode. But the, uh, the thing that those schools do, even the Clemsons, Ohio States in terms of national contenders, the things those schools do is they have one or two games a year where they play another Power Five program that they just mop. Yeah. Right? They play a Colorado and they mop them. AM hasn't had that. There's games that they've been clearly better than, right? LSU last year. Clearly better. They don't really mop them up. They're kind of yeah. hanging around with them. These kind of games where it's like playing with your food. Exactly. <laughs> it's a little bit playing with your food. It's also a little bit like, you know, last year's offense really wasn't designed to really put teams away. And mm-hmm. so Again, I I think the next step for AM is again, you've had this team, you've had these recruits, these elite recruits on defense and offense. Now it's time to really distance yourself from the rest of the pack to move yourself closer to that national contender category. Because again, if we look at Oklahoma, Bama, whatever, Ohio State heading into this kind of game, we're like, yeah, of course they're going to win by 30, mm-hmm. right? AM is like, eh, maybe 20. A yeah. comfortable 20, but like maybe 20, right? Well, it's like last week. Last yeah. week against Kent State, they were very clearly better than Kent State. Sure. But they just kind of farted around a little bit. And they yeah. like, it wasn't until Leon O'Neill returned that interception for mm-hmm. a touchdown that things really turned, sure. right? It was a big defensive play. I want to see some killer instinct from this offense. Sure. You know what I mean? I want to see some, some ability to be like, we're better than you. Yeah. And just, and like, know, I, 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 the Kent State was a good, um, a good point because I remember me and Mike were talking about on the recap episode where, 
Haynes King made like quote unquote good mistakes where it's like the game's never in jeopardy. Yes. Right. Get those out of the air. Get those errors out. Jimbo gets that on film, says, cool, here's what you can work on. Right. Yeah. This is the kind of game where it's like, OK, now let's see that progression. Right. Yeah. Uh, Colorado's a better. Pro- I don't know. Kent State's OK, but they're, uh, they're, they're better than they're talented. Better than right. Yeah. Exactly. They're more they're talented than Kent State. And so it's a level up and you want to see a little bit marked improvement. Is he going to make those same mistakes? Maybe better competition, but you want to see some of those, some of that improvement that he, you know, natural jitters, things like that last week he might have uh, uh, succumbed to. Now let's take a little bit of a step forward. Let's see where you are. What's next, Pickle? All right, and finally, one of our favorite Lone Star Conference rivalries here is Midwestern State and Texas A&M Commerce play 6 p.m. on Saturday, and it's a neutral site game. So will the neutral site location impact the outcome? So this game is at Choctaw Stadium, formerly known as Globe Life Park in Arlington. I know the Lone Star Conference is really excited about this. This (laughs) is like a big showcase matchup. Uh, for them. AM Commerce is the Lone Star Conference favorite. Mm-hmm. Midwestern State, you put in that category of like, they want to be that spoiler. I think they were like tied for fourth in the preseason poll mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, they're not quite at that at that level with, with AM Commerce. Yeah. Um, look, I mean, this is it's a it's a new atmosphere. It's a it's a it's a big, it's a they want to have a big crowd out there. Maybe AM Commerce is the best best better team here. Mm-hmm. They've got Miklo Smalls, who is their the big time playmaker at the quarterback spot. Um, I feel like Commerce is gonna is, would win this game anywhere this was played. Yeah. Maybe there's a little bit of dynamics of going to a neutral site and playing, but but I, I don't necessarily. I still think AM Commerce is the favorite here and should take care of business. Yeah, I think about the same thing. I, but I, th- I will say it's interesting because for the past couple of years, it's been like Midwestern states been that you know they've wanted to be the spoiler yeah. and like i've heard from some coaches that like even their facilities are better right mm-hmm. like in terms of like what whether where they're at and i feel like this is a good opportunity for mm-hmm. them to if they establish themselves you know there's some attention on this game now mm-hmm. it's played in a nice location if they can really get that spoiler going i don't think it's going to happen unfortunately but i think this is the right opportunity for them too because Again, this game's always wild. Exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, exactly. And like commerce has been, you know, of course, the on the field results are there for commerce. Mm-hmm. And of course, they have the pedigree of the national title a couple years ago. But I mean, what better way to do this than it yeah. in Globe Life Park? So. Well, and I think that's a big Formally reason why the Lone Star Park. Conference wanted to do this game here is like, yeah. give this a big spotlight. Because yeah. this is one of the better rivalries, it, I think, in, uh, in the Lone Star Conference, so it mm-hmm. should be fun. Those are burning questions. He's Ishmael Johnson. Thanks for doing this, dude. Appreciate it. Uh, that's going to do it for us. But before we close out Texas football today, it's time to predict some high school football games. Week three of the Texas high school football season is upon us. I picked a bunch of games. Uh, here are the picks on Texas football today. Another week. Another huge slate of Texas high school football games in week three of the 2021 season. These are the picks. Welcome into the picks, your guide to Texas high school football weekend. My name is Greg Tepper of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. Thank you so much for tuning in and welcome to my, my home office. I'm recording this on Labor Day. I'm working on the day I'm supposed to be off, but you know. Texas high school football doesn't sleep, and neither do we. We've got a huge slate of games everywhere you look across Lone Star State in week three of the Texas high school football season. We start in Houston, 7 o'clock Friday night at Planet Ford Stadium in spring. It is a big-time 6A Houston area clash as the Galena Park North Shore Mustangs take on the Spring Westfield Mustangs. Part of the keys to this matchup, key number one, the new-look Mustangs. So Demetrius Davis is gone. He's off to Auburn. Right? Shadrick Banks is gone. 
Zach Evans is gone. All of those players that we came to know as part of that remarkable run for North Shore are off to the next level. And in their place are this new crop of really talented players, guys like Xavier Owens, guys like Jalen Bailey, guys like David Amador. This is a new look Mustangs team that maybe for you guys and for us, it's going to take a while to get used to. But I know that John Kay, the coach at North Shore, has been really excited about this new crop of Mustangs. So far, they're 2-0. They've looked the part, but this may be their biggest test yet. So just how quickly can these new-look Mustangs get up to speed? Key number two, Colin Cardell. Let's talk about Cardell Williams, the spring Westfield quarterback, who we probably just don't talk about enough. This guy's an absolute playmaker, a three-year starter. The Tulsa commit is in complete command of this Westfield attack, and he has the full faith of Coach Matt Meekins and that coaching staff there at Westfield. He is the veteran quarterback in this game, which is strange to say, considering he's going up against Galena Park North Shore. And by the way, he's got a big-time wide receiver on the outside in Chucky Hines that he has made his favorite target. This is a huge test. Going up against an absolutely lights-out North Shore defense led by five-star blue-chip prospect Denver Harris at the cornerback spot. So can the senior signal caller step up on the big stage? And key number three, a complicated history. So Westfield and North Shore are two of the most prominent Houston area Texas high school football programs, and they're no strangers to one another. This is the ninth meeting they will have since 2004. But Westfield's the team that owns the series advantage since 2004. They've won five of the eight meetings with North Shore, and yet, don't you think they'd switch places with them, right? North Shore's got three titles in that span, 2015, 2018, 2019. They've been one of the best high school football programs in America over that stretch. Westfield doesn't have a title. They played for a title in 2004 and lost, but... So Westfield has won the battles, but it's been North Shore that's gone on to win the wars. That said, when these two teams get together, it's always hard-hitting, it's always very physical. So, what happens when these two put their complicated history on the line again? Who am I picking? I'm going with North Shore. North Shore gets the edge in this one because of the strength of their defense, which has looked every bit the part of one of those vintage North Shore teams. I actually think this team reminds me of that 2015 Mustang State Championship team a little bit. Now, Cardell Williams is the game breaker in this one. He's going to have an opportunity to take over, and that veteran leadership is going to be so important. I think he's got to have time to operate behind that offensive line. I think the Westfield defense has got to take a step forward as well. I think this game is close as it tends to be when these two teams get together, but I think North Shore gets the win. Let's go up north, 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Eagle Stadium in Argyle. It's a matchup of 4A unbeatens as the Salina Bobcats take on the Argyle Eagles. Where are the keys to this matchup? Key number one, a different Eagles team. So if you watched the 4A Division I state champion Argyle Eagles last year, you probably came away thinking, boy, this is a high-flying offensive team. And you were right. C.J. Rogers was an outstanding quarterback, and they had weapons all over the field. I think this is a different Argyle team this year. Not worse, just different. They do have a, a good quarterback in Jace Robinson, but I think this is a team that is going to rely a lot more on their ground game. A big offensive line and a running game led by Peyton Shoemaker. This reminds me more of those Nick Ralston teams uh, that won, of course, state championships. So, what does this new-look Argyle team look like in week three? Key number two, War Daddies. 
Let's talk about Salina. And I haven't talked with Bill Elliott, the coach there at Salina, about this, but I think this is his platonic ideal of a football team because this team is huge up front and they mash. Whether you're talking about their defensive end, Wyatt Stevens, or their big center, Michael Reims, this team is loaded in the trenches. And, and not just like really technically sound, although they are very technically sound. They're just huge. They push people around and they mash people. That's a big reason why they're 2-0 with two very, very impressive wins over Melissa and Paris in the early going. It's going to be up to these big war daddies up front to give Salina an edge. This is one of the few teams, I think, in the state that may have an opportunity to match Argyle's physicality up front. So, can the Salina big boys go to work? And key number three, we're going streaking. Not really. We're going to talk about streaks, though. Perhaps you remember last week when the top two active regular season winning streaks went down on the same night. Allen losing to Omolotaskasita, snapping a 84-game regular season winning streak, and Denton Ryan losing to Denton Geyer, snapping their 60-game regular season winning streak. The new longest active regular season winning streak in the state? That's right. It's the Argyle Eagles, who won 58 straight in the regular season. But even beyond that, they have not lost a home game at Eagle Stadium since 2012. They have won 42 straight at home. So there's a lot of streaks on the line here, getting a huge challenge against a white-hot Salina team. So will those streaks hold, or can Salina play spoiler again? Who am I picking? I'm going with Argyle. I don't pick against streaks. That's something you should know by now. But also, I think that this is an Argyle team that's already hitting midseason form, especially with their running game with Landon Ferris and Peyton Shoemake behind that big offensive line. I think that's going to be the difference. I think they will have to throw the ball a little bit, and that's where Jacob Robinson, their quarterback, is going to have to step up. For Salina, I think the lower scoring the game, the better, and their big defensive front uh, is going to have to be the difference maker in this one. Grind it out on the ground and use that big physical offensive line to push Argyle around. I think this game has a chance to be really fun and down to the wire, but I give Argyle the edge, giving the Eagles. Let's stay in for a 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Nelson Field in Austin. It's a massive for a clash of unbeatens as Austin LBJ welcomes in Waco La Vega. And boy, this La Vega power running attack with Bryson Nolan and Najee Drakes, they have been terrific through the first two games, but have they been tested? They're going to go up against LBJ and get a test this week. And, and by the way, if you think that LBJ, just because they lost Andrew Makuba and Latrell McCutcheon, you thought they were going away, you're wrong. This team is here to stay. I think quarterback Oscar Gordon is a dynamo. I think this game's going to be a lot of fun. I do think that La Vega wears down LBJ and wins it late. Give me the Pirates. Let's go a little bit off the board. 7 o'clock Friday night at Panther Stadium in Normandy. It's a battle of unbeatens between the Normandy Panthers and the Chilton Pirates. I think this game has a chance to be a lot of fun. You know, Chilton got a scare in their opener against an, an improving Italy squad. And I think that they are really starting to hit the Jets, though. I think this is going to turn them around their quarterback, Dalen Ford, I think is special. I like Braylon Fisher at the running back spot. I think Normandy might have the juice, guys. I like this Panthers team a lot. Quarterback Isaiah Jones, I think, is a game-breaker for them, has an opportunity to put them on his back. And this game's going to be a lot of fun. If you're anywhere near this, you should get to it. But I think Norman G comes away with a win. And 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Ranger Stadium in Spring Branch. It's a rather strange cross-regional matchup as the El Paso Eastwood Troopers travel to San Antonio to take on Smithson Valley. And this game is happening because... 
Julio Lopez, the coach at El Paso Eastwood, likes to do this. He likes to get his troop out of El Paso and challenge them, and they're going to be in for a big-time challenge going up against this grinding old-school Smithson Valley team with a fantastic running game with Travis McCracken and Malachi Lane. They are all running game and defense. This is a, a team from the 1970s. I mean, they are smash mouth, and they are fun to watch. Going up against Eastwood and – they're going to let it rip, guys, uh, and they have some playmakers. Quarterback Andrew Martinez is fantastic. I really like this wide receiver, Aaron Rodriguez, as well. And this game could be really fun, and two teams that don't really know a ton about one another. But I think that's a long road trip for Eastwood. I give Smithson Valley the edge. But those are far from the only big games in week three of the Texas high school football season. Let's get to the lightning round. I'm going with Winthorst over Archer City. Abernathy gets by Sundown, and Pleasant Grove bounces back with a win over Paris. I think Stephenville stays hot with a win over Salado. Matchup of surprise unbeatens. I think Baytown League gets a win over Lumberton. Give me Southlake Carroll in a close one over Prosper. Refurio gets by Edna Brady, takes down Coleman, and I'm going with Port Arthur Memorial over Crosby. Round Rock gets by Cedar Park. I'm going with Cupper to get by Detroit. And I like Nederland over Silsby. Lindsay bounces back with a win over Kalisburg. Cuero's back, y'all. I like them over Yoakum. And give me Lake Travis in a close one over Rockwall. Katie over Dickinson. Edinburgh Vela over PSJA North. And I like Fort Bend Ridgepoint over Houston CE King. College Station gets by Magnolia. I like El Paso Riverside over El Paso East Leta. And give me China Spring over Brownwood. Hashtag Maximum Bears. I like Bridgeland over the Woodlands. Give me Lubbock Estacado and a squeaker over Canyon. And I'm going with Bernie Champion over Laredo United South. Beckville over Maud. Give me Magnolia West over Lufkin. And speaking of strange cross-regional matchups, I'm going with Austin Vandegrift over San Angelo Central. Monaghan stays perfect with a win over Big Spring. I like Natalia over Universal City Randolph. And Amarillo takes down Canyon Randall. Port Lavaca Calhoun gets by El Campo. I like Rockdale over Lexington. In a high-flying shootout, I like AM Consolidated over Converse Judson. I'm going with Thorndale over Centerville. And in a close one, I like Odessa Permian over Amarillo Tascosa. Wichita Falls Rider beats Midlothian in our six-man game of the week. I like Happy over Spring Lake Earth. And those are the picks. What am I wrong about? Which games I leave out? Leave comments down below. Don't forget that subscribe button. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks for watching. Enjoy week three of the Texas high school football season. We'll see you.